Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. Today, we are going to be talking about the Browns cornerback situation, specifically previewing where these guys fit, fitting them into our sort of superlative categories at the end. We're joined by Browns mock draft, Stephen Thomas, to go through them. Uh, I think, obviously, it's a group that has gotten better. The question for the group is, is it good enough now? The coverage was so poor across the board last year. I think as a collective group, I shouldn't say across the board, the cornerbacks were relatively fine, but uh, the collective group did not cover well enough. Looking at this group, Denzel Ward is the ringleader, obviously a guy who has immense pressure to get things right in his fourth year to push for that new contract. We all think he is, is every bit as good as advertised, but occasionally the data metrics do not match up. Uh, to being in the elite status, we think. His first year, 78.9 grade in his rookie year, 83.6 coverage grade, played 841 snaps, 748 in 2019, a 69.9 grade, 72.7 coverage grade, tackling first two years, 50.4, 45.2. His third year thought the the grade collectively as a whole last year went up 70.5. The tackling got better, 66.9, but the coverage still... Low 70, 73.2. He had 46 total tackles, 6 stop tackles, which was fewer than he'd had by half each. His first two years, he had 12 each. That went down to 6, but the collective tackling got better. He allowed 41 catches on 74 targets, 490 yards, 6 touchdowns allowed. Bit by double moves a little more than was customary last year. 3 interceptions his first year, 2 his second year, and then 2 last year. He set a career high with 10 pass breakups last year. He had seven penalties in 2019. That was down to five last year. So, listen, the the, the recipe is there for Denzel to be uh, really good. I mean, he's got the ability. The thing is, his first three years, he dealt with concussion issues in 2018 that cost him some games. 2019, he deals with the early season groin or hamstring injury. I cannot remember which it was. Missed the first four or five games. I think it was four. And then this past year, he dealt with the, uh believe it was a calf strain after that Philly game where he made that late play, interception, all of a sudden after that game hearing, okay, he's he's dealing with a, with a calf injury, which was, again, surprising because he played the whole game, played well. Then he dealt with the late in, in the season, he had the COVID issue pop up, and that caused him to miss some games. So, you know, you remove COVID, hopefully, seems to be creeping around again. You remove COVID from the scenario, maybe he doesn't miss so many games, obviously. But uh, they just need him. They need him to prove he can stay healthy. I don't have a problem with a guy playing 14, 15 games a year, 13, 14, 15. Um, but they would like him to be there every week. And I think as he gets older, he's 24, going to be 25. Can he get the soft tissue stuff figured out? That's what he has to get figured out because when he plays, he's really good. He's really good. Okay, um, Greedy Williams is going to get a chance to come back. He did not, obviously did not play last year. Um, his rookie year, he also missed time at the beginning of the season. He had a, a similar issue. His was one of the soft tissue spots as well. Hamstring, groin. He missed the first 
Uh, he didn't miss the first uh, portion. He missed a, a stretch. The weeks three, four, five, six, and seven that year uh, were what he ended up missing uh, that that rookie year. But that was a big chunk of it. Him and Denzel kind of missed them at the same time. But when he played, fifty four point six grade and two and six hundred eighty snaps, uh, two hundred sixty one run defense snaps, four hundred seventeen coverage snaps, um, a, a seventy point nine tackle grade. He ended up with fourteen stop tackles. The big concern coming out of LSU was this guy couldn't tackle unwilling tackler um but it seems he seemed to have uh, figured that part out but what he was not able to do was cover very well it was a 53.6 coverage grade 31 of 52 targets were caught 416 yards had one interception uh sorry had no interceptions he gave up a touchdown two pass breaks just inconsistent in zone i thought teams picked on him in off zone coverage he was a he was a face guarding man guy at lsu and they transitioned him, and I didn't think the transition went all too well under Wilkes. And I think that there's an opportunity for Greedy to bounce back in obviously a big way. And he'll have an opportunity to, but how healthy is that shoulder? That's what we have to come to understand is just how healthy that shoulder is and whether he's going to be able to be an integral part of what they want to do defensively with their cornerbacks and run game fits, all of that stuff. And if he can prove that the shoulder's right, which he seems to, he seems to say it's right. If it is right, he can he can be a, a potential starter again. I think that's that's in the range of outcomes for him. Other corners on the roster: Tavier Thomas is gone. A disclaimer now in the interview I had with Stephen Thomas coming up, uh, I did reference Tavier Thomas. I was thinking Robert Jackson dropped the ball there, so flip those two names in and out. Tavier Thomas obviously gone, moved on in free agency. I think he went to the Texans. If I'm wrong about that, come yell at me. Uh, A.J. Green played one snap last year. M.J. Stewart played 13 total games, 342 snaps, 242 coverage snaps. Uh, they did not go very well. Uh, his 48.0 coverage grade was one of the worst among the defensive back group. 44.8 overall, 29.2 run defense grade, 54.4 tackle grade, which is a big reason why he was out of Tampa Bay. And that's why he was a free agent. The Browns signed him for depth, but they had to play him because Kevin Johnson, uh, their slot guy, only played 624 snaps in and out, had the Kidney issue, I think it was kidney or liver. I'm getting, I'm aging myself here. had had a very serious issue um, in the preseason that that cost him some time. Uh, that, that made him miss time leading up to the season. Um, and and obviously it was a liver issue. As I as I use my computer to my advantage here, um, that 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 just put him behind the ball. And I never thought he recovered very well. 51.4 grade. Uh, collectively, a 42.8 tackle grade, which is about spot on for his career, a 52.6 coverage grade. A guy who can flash is a former first-round pick, just just not a guy that could tackle well. Seven missed tackles. MJ Stewart missed six. Denzel missed six. Um, but I just thought Kevin Johnson was a problem, a liability there. Uh, he actually um, was okay in coverage, but not as good as they needed him, uh, needed him to be. Uh, as far as... The other position that has been vacated, Terrence Mitchell left, signed elsewhere. His 68.2 coverage grade was pretty solid. He played run defense well, 76.8, 72.0, tackling grade 65.3, just solid. I mean, he wants to play somewhere. The Browns have brought in other folks, so there was no alignment of, uh, of a desire to, to see him, from his perspective, stay around. And from Cleveland's perspective, to give him a chance to play, it didn't look like it was going to happen. They signed Troy Hill. We all know what Troy Hill is, uh, the leading Pro Football Focus per snap slot coverage guy last year. Uh, they gave him a fair deal for his age. He's 29. He'll turn 30. He's a good player, though. They need him for two or three years. I think he can be a nice inside player, and he has plenty of experience in uh, in L.A. He was an outside guy, too, spot coverage outside guy before he fully transitioned inside. 
um, when they had the departure of their of their nickel corner, uh, Roby Coleman left. He took that role, and that's where he thrived last year. Gets a gets a deal in Cleveland. Uh, we all know Greg Newsom. We've broken him down. I've written on him. He's got a bright future. We'll see where they try to plug in and play him this year. But he's exciting. He's obviously going to be fighting for that number two corner role. He could slide inside too. That's an opportunity for Newsom to do some of that as well. Other names on the roster: AJ Green. We're going to talk about in our interview with Stephen. Good player. Does he actually make the 53? Does he find a role? We'll see. I think he. I, I shouldn't say good player. We haven't seen enough of him to say that. But I think he's got potential. The preseason will help with some of these guys. Brian Allen, the Utah kid, six three two hundred. Great, great uh, uh, combine numbers. He'll be interesting. Robert Jackson, special teams player, was forced to play some games last year. I should have mentioned uh, his his 54.2 grade and 114 coverage snaps, 68.6 tackle grade, 55.0 coverage mark. Um, a fringe guy, a fringe 53 guy, and and um, you know we'll see we'll see what that ultimately looks like. Whether Robert Jackson can make the roster, but he can be a guy that can they can elevate from the practice squad. Emmanuel Rugumba, um, Miami, Ohio. Uh, Rugamba, I apologize for that, uh, is, is a, another interesting name to keep an eye on. He is, uh, like I said, entering his rookie season, undrafted free agent 5'11", 198. Keandre Thomas from Kansas State, another undrafted free agent who Steven's going to talk about in our interview coming up, a guy who could be a surprise player. Very good testing athlete, six foot 185 again. Um, he is number 49 on the roster right now, which is never good to be number 49. We'll see if he can shake the stigma of number 49, but... Um, that's the list. That's who they have. Denzel, Greedy, Troy Hill, and Greg Newsom are your four, your core guys. They've been floated around as meeting with guys like Gary and Conley. Could they go get Steven Nelson, Brian Poole, something like that? Maybe. They need to. Camp doesn't look the way they want it to when it starts, but that's the list. So um, four really improved players there. You know, I think Denzel is um Denzel but then you get guys I think Greedy Williams is is better than Terrence Mitchell when he's right but it's question is he right Greg Newsom I think has really great talent he's a first round pick they like him a lot he can do both phases scheme agnostic was the quote that Andrew Barry used I like it we'll see I think he could be a good player and Troy Hill's proven but he has to prove himself in this defense so corners fun there's a lot of talent here should be better overall let's talk with Stephen Thomas about this group and see what we think about some of the key categories going in to 2021. Steve, how are you, sir? Welcome in. Let's talk some cornerbacks. You ready? Yeah, let's roll. All right. We are We're going to talk about – we're going to hold safeties for another time on this pod. I just want to specifically talk corners um, because I think there's a lot going on here. There's a lot that can happen here. So I'm kind of interested from the perspective of uh, initially – who you think on the roster has the most pressure because there's there could be an immense amount of pressure on several different guys. So I'm curious where your mind goes with that one. Well, I think, um, <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of pressure from different angles. I mean, Greg Newsom has the pressure of being a number one pick who you normally you know expect to come in and lock down a starting role right away. Uh, Troy Hill has pressure from a certain angle. Uh, of being the veteran leader and uh, you know a, a you know pretty prized free agent signing, those guys always have certain expectations on them, uh, and if they don't deliver early, the fan base turns on free agents like that. But I think it's got to be either Denzel or Greedy, really, if you're talking about most <clears throat> pressure. And again, they're from two separate angles. Greedy, we know the pressure he's under. Uh, you know, uh, coming back 
basically from being injured for his first two years, uh, for all intents and purposes, being a third-year rookie, uh, if you want to look at it that way, uh, former high pick that a lot of people still have, a, uh, including myself, still have a lot of confidence in and uh, a lot of expectations from. And from Denzel's standpoint, again, that's an obvious reason. He's up. He's one of the guys that's in that conversation, you know, which – of these guys will get a, a giant, you know, contract moving forward, ex- an extension, and and who won't, and who's going to get squeezed out, and I, I think Denzel is going to be fine, but you know, he gets dinged up and ha- misses six or seven games instead of three or you know two or three or four like he normally does, and maybe has I don't know if down year is the right year, but is the right word, but not as good as he has been the past few years. Maybe he doesn't get that contract uh, that he's looking for, and a lot of people. Uh, think he is in line for so I would say it's one of those two guys uh, as far as most but there's a lot of pressure all over this room because uh, as you and I have discussed in a when we've talked about the roster in a larger sense a lot more answers potential answers in the secondary this year than there were last year but still quite a few questions and really not a lot of people in this room that you think are I don't know, uh, locked into what we can expect from them. There's a lot of questions and a lot of these guys that can go either way. Yeah, it's not fun to think about some of these guys that they have to make big decisions on. And we all sort of talk about them as if they're foregone conclusions. They're going to be back. They're going to sign their next deal. But I've said this throughout many different episodes of this preview. The range of outcomes do include bad years for these guys. And Mm -hmm. if that does happen... I know we don't want to talk about it. We this time of year, there's there's generally no point to being negative. It's one of the few times of year where you can be positive all the time. But it is possible, like you said, where Denzel has a longer injury or something like that could could trans, uh, to, you know, take place, and all of a sudden there's questions about that contract. He plays out his fifth year without a new deal. Maybe they don't strike it, and all of a sudden, he, like Jack Conklin, in a sense, right? He slips away, goes somewhere else find success. That would be a terrible outcome. So there's a lot of pressure on Denzel to prove it in year four that, hey, I am every bit the shutdown corner. I want to be in the same sort of class as Jalen Ramsey, Jair Alexander. I want to be in that group of guys. He has the talent. It's about staying on the field. And you're right, Greedy, to a lesser degree, is playing for his NFL life. If he has another mm-hmm. long-term injury, people forget that he missed the first, what was him and Den- I think him, him and Denzel missed their first four games of his rookie year with the uh, with the hamstring stuff that was happening, both of them uh, missed that time. I think people forget about that a little bit. Those are the two most plausible answers, and and um, pressure can be a good thing though. They can they can figure it out. I think that they will figure it out. But there's also the outcome where they don't. So makes you a little bit nervous. Right. Breakout candidate, who you think? Well, and we'll get to that. Uh, uh, let me just throw one more thought on your uh, most pressure thing. Denzel not getting his um, extension could have really nothing to do with him. That's another thing that nobody wants to talk about. Let's say he's good, not great this year, but Greg Newsom, you know, is every bit the number one pick that, that you know we all think he can be. Greedy Williams stays healthy and is an absolute stud and then maybe one of these other guys an aj green or you know somebody like that that we're going to talk about busts out uh, and we're going to get to these guys here later um maybe they just say hey we've got a lot of younger guys on cheaper contracts and maybe that's why he does it. and i don't think that's going to happen but like you said the range of outcomes is 
is so wide, uh, especially in this particular room, uh, that it's just something to keep in the back of your mind. As far as a breakout candidate, I mean, the obvious answer is Greg Newsom. If a, if a rookie can qualify for this, um, but I would say Greedy probably is the answer to this as well, um, because he's still largely an unknown. Uh, like we've said a couple of times here, still has all the talent, still has. A lot of people that believe in him, myself being in that group, but has really not proven anything uh, on the field as of yet. So I guess him having a good year uh, would qualify as a breakout. If you want to throw a sneaky sleeper in there, he's a guy that uh, that I mentioned just a few seconds ago here would be A.J. Green. They gave him the uh, UDFA bag last year, uh, like they did with Marvin Wilson on the defensive line this year, and then he... Well, they pretty much kept him on the shelf. And, and you know, considering all the injuries and COVID and everything, everybody remembers how many defensive backs they went through last year. Considering all that, the fact that he didn't play hardly at all um, is was kind of puzzling at the time. But maybe they were just saving his confidence or whatever. I'm not sure. But the, if you give a, a, a priority UDFA a bag like that, you're generally looking at year two and then year three for that kind of guy. He's a guy that you think you know, needs some seasoning, needs a year on the practice squad. So maybe that was it. They just didn't want to throw him in there and jolt his confidence in a high-pressure situation. So he would be a sneaky guy that I think could break out. And if he does, it could it's it will solidify that room and help the defense in ways that we can't even really anticipate right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Looks like last year they broke camp with uh, four, looks like five, six corners. So, you know, however you want to get to six with this group, I think the front four are pretty obvious uh, when you when you add in, uh, you know, Troy Hill in the slot. I think that that's where there's two more spots to be had. Thomas, one of them, MJ Stewart, could be they, they could be the same. If you're looking for a place, maybe they could – they could slim down a position because they only kept Carl Joseph, Ronnie Harrison, Sheldrick Redwine, Anderson Dejo. They'll probably keep four of them. We'll talk about that in the safety situation in a second. So maybe they could trim a corner, keep an extra linebacker, or keep an extra defensive lineman potentially. I don't know. But as, as far as like breakout candidates go, yeah, I think the two young guys, Denzel uh, excluded from that because he's still young. He's 24, but... Uh, Newsom and, and Greedy, you need one of them. You need one of them to really right. establish themselves as the guy opposite Denzel. I mean, that's the best outcome is you get another really good Denzel year that goes along with sort of who he's been, and then you can get a guy you feel really good about your number two. 
both of them play well, awesome. But you need one of them. And I think that your best candidate there is is Greg Newsom. I think I think Greedy is a, a fine enough player when he's healthy. Got to see it. I think he can do it, but I I, I just feel like the the uh, the mixture of man coverage, a move the movability that Greg Newsom has. Obviously, he might be able to move inside. They've talked about that a little bit. Just sort of tilts that scale in in his favor a little bit. Yeah, and I would say as far as your uh, maybe your idea of you know potentially trimming one cornerback that could hinge on a guy that you and I have talked about for months and months, JOK, because we have talked about his versatility in many many ways. Roster flexibility is not one that we've really touched on because one of his strengths uh, coming out was coverage in the slot. He is really going to help against the Mark Andrews's and the uh, Travis Kelseys of the world. Um, so if they think, you know, through camp, he shows enough uh, in that area that they think, you know, he can be the second or third guy in the slot, however you want to rank him, it doesn't really matter. But if he can handle a good portion of those slot coverage, opposing tight ends and backs coming out of the backfield and that kind of stuff, then, like you said, maybe they trim one guy, they trim one of their corners that plays special teams and they end up, you know, keeping another defensive lineman or they sneak one of their bevy of offensive linemen on uh, onto the 53 and not expose them to waivers or one of the wide receivers or something like that. So the answer to the number of corners could come from a guy that is not generally spoken about in the cornerback discussion, and that's uh, uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. It's a great point. It ties into that flexibility of JOK and what they want everybody else to do or be able to do ties into – the highlighted new role. I probably would just say most roles seem to be pinned down pretty mm-hmm. much, but the new some news of at the end of uh, mini camp where uh, Joe Woods was talking about, yeah, we tried him there. He seemed to be able to handle it. We'll see mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit more when the camp, when training camp gets here, if he's able to give, you know, take what we gave him over this little break here in the summer and apply it. That to me is a role that I don't think any of us really expected him to play. Right. No, uh-uh. and that's exactly what I had written here under the, you know, who's taken on a new role this year. It says, unless you count Newsom maybe playing inside, I'm not sure there is one. <laughs> that's exactly what I said. So I'm with you uh, lockstep on that one. Um, and, you know, again, with a rookie, I don't know if, you know, the word new really counts because we don't, you know, there's nothing there yet. There's It's a blank slate. So, but yeah, other than that, I mean, you look at the rest of these, the guys out there, um, I mean, maybe, maybe Troy Hill goes back outside. For um uh, for some snaps because he played there a lot before last year so but other than that I I don't you know I don't really see anybody moving to any place new. No, I, I don't either. You know Troy Hill has outside experience, but they signed him for a very very specific role. Right. Um, so that brings us to a question. I guess that could arise if I don't I don't know. We could talk about a trade candidate, but the coverage guys are so hard to come by. Like. Xavier Howard's out there floating around, and I'm like, sure, go get him. I want all the right. coverage guys you can possibly <laughs> put on your right. NFL roster. We've talked about um, Mike Hilton. Um, we've talked about Steven Nelson. We've talked about um, uh, a whole bunch of names that were available, and some still are available that they could go get. So I'm looking to add. So it's hard for me to be comfortable with a trade candidate from this group because I just don't. I don't love subtracting anybody from coverage that they're trying to clearly build a, a better sort of coverage setup here. Did you have any that came to mind? 
nothing big. Um, y- you know, unless, like we said before, like all of the young guys in UDFAs just absolutely ball out like crazy or something like that in camp. But I maybe like one of those end of the roster, we'll give you this guy and then we'll swap sixth round picks type things, you know, that we see every year. Um, and that would be maybe an MJ Stewart. Uh, somebody like that, I think is the only guy I think that I could potentially even see that happening. But for the most part, I'm with you. I really, if there's a trade in the cornerback room, it probably, the odds are that, you know, somebody gets hurt or somebody's not performing and they, like you said, they need to add. Um, and, uh, I, I, I can't imagine that would happen either. I think they're, they're pretty set. Um, with you know the guys that are going to make the roster, there's maybe one guy here or there that uh, that will one question at the very end. But if the top four guys are healthy and perform anywhere close to what we all expect them to do, then there's really not a lot of wiggle room at the bottom of that roster. No, I don't think so either. Is there anybody? I mean, AJ Green's kind of the obvious answer for somebody that can maybe surprise anybody else that you've looked at the the updated list and could surprise you as a guy who ends up making the fifty three. Yeah, the only one uh, that I think, and it's a long shot, uh, let's be clear about that. A.J. Green, like you said, is the obvious answer. But Keandre Thomas out of Kansas State, I've been watching some of him the past week. Very interesting. His skill set is, um, uh, it, it's. I mean, he went to three years in Minnesota and then, and then grad transferred to Kansas State last year. He made 100 tackles over the course of his career, broke up 11 passes. But I see why they went after him. If you look at his pro day results, I mean, he's six foot, 190. Four four three and a six nine four uh, uh, three cone, which are pretty darn good, and and a vert of uh, approaching forty. So, I mean, he's got short arms, and you know, uh, has been inconsistent. But you see why they liked him, why they went after him, because the physical skill set is there. Most likely, if he sticks around in Cleveland, he's on uh, the practice squad. Um, but with physical attributes like that, you never want to count out a guy like that. If you want to go really long shot, go with uh, Brian Allen, the guy that they picked up because uh, uh, he was sort of similar. He I don't have his exact numbers in front of him, but two years ago or three years ago, whenever it was, he came out of Utah. He crushed the combine like four four and you know some ridiculous three cone or something like that. But really hasn't been able to show any kind of consistency. Has bounced around practice squads here to there. I think he was with Pittsburgh last year. Uh, on their practice squad for most of the year but yeah for the most part like we like we've said several times here uh, if the top four guys are healthy and anything like what we think they could be on paper there really isn't a spot for any of these guys and and which is a shame because in a normal year a guy like uh, uh, Manny Ragamba uh, might be a good candidate for this and um, uh, Keandre Thomas like I just said would also be a good candidate for this question but this year such a nice change, man. There's just no spots on this roster if everything goes close to plan. Yeah, without some sort of uh, Cam Akers situation, which just right. I, I always scares me that when these injuries happen and it pops up on Twitter and this team's devastated, it's uh, it's like Grand Delpit last year, just that perpetual fear of somebody important getting hurt. And, um, yeah, that that's, that's about the only way a lot of positions get cracked open because even – you know, we talked about all 11 on offense being back. That's awesome, rare, great. But the defense has signed people that and put people in place through the draft that you're like, okay, very specific role. I see where this mm-hmm. guy fits. Mm-hmm. And uh, the big picture has come together. And it's just a matter of those guys showing up and doing their job. And they should, they should be pretty good, which is, 
as I've closed about every one of these with guests, is a rare, it's a rare, unique thing that we're trying to get used to. <laughs> Makes podcasting before the season a little boring because because there's not as much stuff to to pick and choose and look at names. But uh, I think he threw out some good ones there. Uh, but but if those guys end up making the roster, it's kind of like, well, what happened here? Who who failed? Kind of thing. And and uh, that can be a, a problem when you're supposed to be as good as Cleveland's supposed to be. So Steve, good stuff as usual, my friend. Thank you. Always fun, man. Always fun. Next time you have me on, we're going to have actual football stuff to talk about. How freaking cool is that? It'll be fantastic. Plus, we'll be able to get on Twitch. We'll be on Twitch uh, in the coming, yeah, we're like a week away, right? I don't know, something like that. It's going to be here before we know it. Again, make sure you're subscribing to Twitch, folks. It's important that you do so. Uh, We have put every time this podcast has been out for the last month, the link to do so is in the bio of this podcast so please make sure you go over and do that you can find all of the previous uh, position groupings Uh, those are all available now we have one or two more we'll do something on special teams we'll do something on coaching staff um, and we have safeties to get to but for the most part we're we're pretty close to to wrapping these previews up so go back and listen to them before camp camp gets here next week fans won't be allowed to be in there for a few days but we'll get the kickoff and we'll We'll do some fun stuff on Twitch following it live, so it'll be a really good time. I appreciate you guys for li- uh, giving this ch- this podcast a chance. If I could talk, that'd be great. It's what they pay me to do here. Uh, yeah, thanks for giving this a chance. You guys have been listening to most of these. Again, if you have not, go back and find the ones that you have not been listening to to get uh, refreshed. We've had guests on of all different variety to talk about each of these positions as they've come up and uh, some really good insights along the way to get you prepared for you know, fringe names at the bottom of the roster who could be guys who make the practice squad or someone who maybe stuns us and sneaks onto the actual roster. So it's good to get familiar with those names. So when you see him out there in training camp, you can be like, oh, I remember that guy. I heard him on the podcast. So that's the point of this. Appreciate you listening again. Shout out to Steve for taking time to join us. He's the best. Follow him if you're not. I'm sure you all are if you're following this pod. I've been doing so forever. He's uh, he's fantastic. Won't get better insights. And he's verified, apparently. It's an important thing, too, I guess. Whatever. But... Um, Anyway, thanks for joining us. And as usual, my friends, till next time, go Browns.